movie lovers. As always, please beware of spoilers. Otherwise, you may find out that Jack and Annis weren't just herding sheep up there on Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Dunham, and joining me are my two fabulous co-hosts, Tomboy Jeremy Legui and Queen, Queen of the Desert, Sonia Stanger. Hi. Hi. That's right. As our nod to Pride Week in Regina, we're doing a show on queer films. Yay. Um, so I think that we should... I was thinking about a definition of a queer film because I feel like it could be thought of in different ways. Uh, I think one of them is just having a story about a a fully formed LGBTQ person is one Mm -hmm. obvious one. Mm -hmm. Um, Another is its reception um, and if it's like widely embraced by queer people um, even if it doesn't necessarily have those themes like Wizard of Oz and things like that. And then another I was thinking was if it's created by a queer person because even if not overtly queer, the auteurs can find a way to insert their <laughs> queerness subtly, um, <laughs> which I was like, you know, like with the Wachowski sisters and Gus Van Sant. But then I also, this one's kind of a trick because I'll think of someone like Roland Emmerich, who will just be like, Independence Day or yeah. like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, all of his disaster films and I don't see a, a bit of it in there. So maybe that one's not necessarily it. I think it probably depends. Yeah. I like your broad uh, bringing everybody in here. Because I want the whole crew. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what we were doing. So I made, a cr- it's a, I made an insane list. Let's queer the world, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> queer the world. Okay. So let's get into it. I thought that we could start, uh, since most uh, the LGBTQ films are about straight up white people, I think that we should uh, talk a bit about like people of color in within queer film context. Uh, do you guys have anything that springs to mind right away? Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Moonlight and only Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlight is great. <laughs> Um, have all three of us seen it? Yes. I, I finally watched it, yes. Oh, when? Uh, for this show. Oh. What did you think? I thought it was okay. <gasps> I thought it was slow. That's kind of my big... I, I, was, I was ready for something a little more... It is slow. It, 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 was, it was 15 minutes too long. It was very Oscar bait. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. It is slow, but I also... <laughs> it did. It totally did. It, is it was like, good. It was good. I'm not trying to... I feel like a slowness made it a bit like... It was like very an intimate, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. specific. Uh, and of those like three chapters. Um, and also just so well acted. Mm-hmm. It was like... It was really beautiful. I really... I, one thing I, I love about Moonlight is like... It's commitment to the tone of each chapter. And I think that's part of the like... If you want to call it slowness, mm-hmm. it's this. It's very much this like building of those feelings and giving you a really rich sense of like what each chapter is about. I, I think. I also thought it was really mindful. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of, and I I understood the the process of it. Mm-hmm. But as a guy who sometimes makes this stuff, I was like, we could have we could have cut some. We could have just trimmed. We could have just trimmed a bit. Chair wants to trim. <laughs> trim it up. Trim we could have just trimmed it. That's, um, all. That's it. That's it. Also, the actress that played his mom, mm-hmm. who I forget her name of, uh, she was so great. <laughs> Even when she was in her 
her old lady drag at the end. Yeah, I love, I love a good old lady drag. <laughs> also, Mahershala Ali and Janelle Monet. Oh, yeah. Both just giving us so much. Um, yeah, Mahershala teaching Chiron how to swim oh, my is, God. like, the best scene. It's so much. He, he's, he was definitely my favorite in yeah. this. Yeah. He stuck... Well, I think he always steals the show for me. Yeah. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He was doing so much for a bit. He was. Where's he at? I, mm. The last prominent thing that I can recall is hidden figures. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I was missing out, but he was like a periphery character. I don't even remember him in He was figures. the guy that she marries yeah. in that really awkward sort of, we've met three times, let's get married sort of way. Oh, I, well, I don't know if that's there? true, but that's how it was. <laughs> uh, that's how I met my first wife. He was great in that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, another film that I want to talk about is Tangerine. I was going to say that, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. Have you seen Tangerine, Jeremy? I did. I didn't. I didn't get to watch it. It looks good. I it's, watched the trailer. Mm. I would like to see it. It looks good. It is really good, and it's one of the rare movies that stars. Um, two trans actresses as the two trans women in mm-hmm. the film. It's such a, it's unfortunately so rare. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that is so rare. No, I was just going to say. Um, also, one of the actresses' name is Katana Kiki Rodriguez, yeah. which is the best name that we'll probably mention <laughs> on this show tonight. Yeah. Um, and, y- yeah, I, th- what, a, it, this, <laughs> you might also know this film because it was, shot entirely on an iPhone 5, which is, I don't know, a, a film nerdy way to enter it. That was mm-hmm. the first thing I ever heard about it Yeah, when it came out. It was a real sensation. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, unfortunate if that's, like, the end of the conversation about the film because it's great and mm-hmm. it tells important stories. I think that um, they might have slipped... I think they might have pulled the wool over some people's eyes, actually, because in the the write-up of the film it is like two uh two women in a subculture are like going on an adventure and the cover is just like a silhouette of those two against the like a sky yeah so like actually if you didn't really know you would not know what the theme of the movie is Mm -hmm. until you actually watch it and i'm sure that the kind of people who wanted to know that at the outset would have no problem with that whatsoever yeah Unfortunately, that was a joke. That was the most seriously delivered joke. <laughs> I know. Like. A little too dry, maybe. Um, and also, they, the two actresses are like were friends. They mm-hmm. found them like, um, like actually hanging out on the street, and um, and they just deliver a great performance. And I was, I was reading something where. Um, Katana was talking to the director because he wanted it really sort of a downer, like yeah. gritty. And she was like, she was like, you can show like the harsh reality of it out on the street, but um, these women are here because they have to be. And it would be nice if you made it a hilarious and entertaining film as well because we're not just a downer, like sad tragedy, tragedy porn. porn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Um, it was specifically about this movie when I, because I, I remember hearing about it and hearing about it being made in film school. But the director, who is Sean Baker, mm-hmm. do you think it's a little, I don't know, does does anything fall flat because it's not made by someone who is transgender or anything like that? You know, is it, 
he's basically he found these two and mm-hmm. he's making a movie about them and it's successful and it works and everything's good but would it have been better if somebody you know birthed it yeah so to speak that was a pretty lame way to say that. my <laughs> i mean i think it like the ideal situation is often i would say that um someone who belongs to a marginalized group is the person actually telling their own story mm-hmm. so i think that there are definitely issues with that i mean it depends how much uh input they have so you know when you hear conversations about like the actresses having a say in in how the film gets made i think that like is that helps to mitigate the issue but i think definitely there are questions of you know power and who's like making the decisions and and determining where the story goes Mm -hmm. because i do think it's unfortunate that like the most high profile film about trans women of color is also about sex work because that's complicated like i think it is important to have the conversation about the fact that that is for lots of trans women a, a last option and because it's it's obviously really difficult to to be employed and there aren't enough protections in place for trans folks um but it you know it it is that thing of like why should people be reduced down to like the difficulties that they face Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah i think it it's worth a conversation and i think it's worth those questions and like the ultimate product probably matters the most in terms of that that answer and i don't think there is a really straightforward answer Mm -hmm. but i'm so glad that these women said no you can't show just this side of it because what makes that film so successful is that it is really that they are these like whole human beings and you get to see their resilience and how hilarious they are and how much fun they have and i think like yeah it would be so flat if you if they hadn't had someone with those real life experiences mm-hmm. saying here's how it needs to be um yeah and also having more trans directors would be yeah. helpful yeah um like Ryan Murphy has a show right now called Pose that mm-hmm. I haven't started watching, but it looks amazing. Um, and he has hired so much like trans talent to mm-hmm. be uh, like showrunners and directors and um, and actors. And I, it just could be like create. I know it's going to be uh, such a like butterfly effect for the rest of the industry. Yeah, and that is exciting. Cool. Yeah, I think that's huge. Like. That like mentorship and allowing people into those spaces mm-hmm. and not just, you know, having it be like, okay, we let one trans person through the door and then they're the one trans director. But instead it being like growth where it's like multi level, I guess. I don't even know what I'm saying. It made sense when I started. It was good. I think Carry we got on. it. Carry on. We're on it. Um Okay, let's move on to what about films about bisexual people? Are there are there any? What do we have? I feel like... Okay, so as the bisexual in the room... Spoiler alert! Whoa! Wah, wah, wah. She likes it all! <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a headline flash through my head. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for this, and I, I feel like I should know more about it's so few films i can't think of any like um cabaret uh, Mm -hmm. has like a bisexual character and like um 
what have we got? Rocky Horror Picture Show, I guess there's like yeah. some pan stuff and like Brokeback Mountain. Right. Yeah. Jake. Actually, they both are like married to women. I'm not sure where they both lie on, but there's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe, uh, have you guys seen Etu Mama Dambien? No, it's been on my list for so long. It's also very good. But also, because I think people talk about it as like um, a bisexual film, but it's not. There's like one sort of drunken, bicurious incident, and that's about it. I feel like that's often the story. Yeah. Is that it's portrayed as like a phase. Yeah. But I mean, like, even within the LGBTQ plus community, um, I feel like bisexuality is still really uh, mm, marginalized isn't exactly the word I'm looking for. Like, we're still pretty invisible is what I would say. I feel like we get stuck between, you know, being perceived as either just in a phase or um, figuring it out just on our way to fully coming out. Yeah, Um, people love a binary as you yeah. know and are, everyone just kind of was like waiting for someone to fall on one side i guess mm-hmm. so i think in that way like there isn't a very clear sense of what bi identity looks like in the same way that there is and has been historically for gay and lesbian folks um so i think that that's part of it as well is like it's it's like obscured and made kind of invisible. So in film, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, would I love you, Philip Morris? Fill this this category, maybe. Tell me more. Have you guys not seen this? I no. have seen it a long time ago. Oh, picture it: Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Jim Carrey's a con man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes to jail. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, he, he's married to a he, woman. He's, he's married to uh, what's why? Why can't I? I'm blanking on her name now. Leslie Mann, mm. and they have children, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you know, they do stuff, adult <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and then early on in the film, he also admits he's gay, so he has this other life. And then he gets into a car accident, and then he wants to stop sort of living the lie. Yeah. But throughout the whole, it's it's a real story. Throughout his whole life, he was very close with his wife, yeah. right, then his ex-wife. Um, but he falls in love with this man named Philip Morris, and his whole life kind of just becomes about this one individual. Uh, the movie's very funny. While also doing extreme cons to, like, kind of keep <laughs> him Horrible, around. horrible thing. <laughs> <And, laughs> to keep him sitting pretty. Philip, yeah. Philip likes diamonds. Yeah. Oh. And it is insane, actually. They go to j- I think they meet in jail, right? They that's, do. Yeah. So. That's complicated. Yeah, that's that's my second one. Prison. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what what other career films did you guys watch this week? <laughs> Sun is grinning from ear to ear. Okay, so I watched Blue is the Warmest Color, which I think could be, like, could be a bisexual film. Yeah, I haven't seen. She, Emma, is the main. No, wait, Emma is Emma the older one. I don't know. One of them has I blue hair. I their names, yeah. I literally just watched the last hour of it last night. Um, oh, you watched half? And then it's took three a- hours long almost. Yeah, it's, oh so it's a big one. So I had to do it in chunks. Um, but the main character is essentially like an 18, 19-year-old girl who is queer. And, and it's unclear, I think, mm-hmm. what her actual identity is. Um, basically, she falls in love with this woman that she sees who has blue hair and is older. It's French, so it's very... 
sensual. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of queer French films, I feel like, is a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's very, like, very erotic, in, like, in a very general way. There's a lot of scenes of people <laughs> general eating General eroticism. <laughs> but a lot that's, of That's it, a good way to describe it, though. Like, it is, and, like, sensual, and it's a lot. But, yeah, she, she has dalliances with both genders in that film. Oh. Both, as though there are two. With two genders in that <laughs> film. Um, I do feel like that movie kind of falls into the category which I'm going to politely on the radio call seeing stuff. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Body Heat, which is really not my favorite movie, but it's it's about one thing, and that's Body Heat between mm. two particular individuals. I, and there's a plot, but it's Jeremy, really I'm about... not picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, tell us more. I don't more. specifically know what you're I'm going to tiptoe around this for the whole hour. <laughs> but uh, I kind of feel like that's what that movie is just... Is it maybe an excuse to see something that we don't see every day? I don't know. I was wondering this myself mm-hmm. because the the director has been under fire for the sort of very uh, explicit ways. And I think just the ways in which the love scenes are filmed, mm-hmm. like it's very graphic and it's very... I would say I had this whole this feeling the whole time I was watching it. I was like, this feels like the male gaze, kind of. Like, G-A-Z-E. Did yeah. I just spell that right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about <laughs> Good it. Good clarification. Like, um, it, it felt a little... In, in much the same way that um, many adult films about lady-on-lady action <laughs> are not actually portraying lady-on-lady... Like, true lady-lady love. Yeah. Um, and it's very much, like, for male gaze... G-A-Z-E. <laughs> <laughs> we need a different word for that. That's what some Male of the observation. Observation. Film, lovemaking scenes in Blue is the Warmest Color felt like. And some of it I have read slash perceived to be somewhat inaccurate in terms of the way those things actually happen. <laughs> Again, we're on the radio, so I'm going to just tiptoe around that. But, um, yeah, it, there were parts of it that felt, I guess, a little gratuitous. But I also liked the the ways they portrayed some of the intimacies between the women and I do think it's like some of it is that that still is so shocking to see yeah. in some ways or, or or for some people it would be that it reads too graphic mm-hmm. just in its nature and so they like lean and in, leaned into it I I also wonder because I was thinking about this is it like the clever directors are like tricking people into maybe learning something yeah I you know wonder. you get like a bunch of bros who are like oh there's this movie yeah, that shows some so stuff hot. let's all go together which is a super weird thing to Locking say that lips. would be weird but that does sound like something straight guys would do frankly yeah, but then they go on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Bro, we would not do that french film <laughs> we would not do that um we yeah it is so so great though like i it made me feel a lot of things mm-hmm. like it i was i was texting sean i think while i was watching the first part of it and it both made me feel like very affirmed in my queerness because i was like i'm very much enjoying these naked ladies so that's so yep waka, definitely waka, queer. Waka. but then also like but then also like oh i ha- and i think one of the things about bisexuality that can be complicated is like feeling not queer enough because you are in this like in between space kind of. Mm-hmm. And so I had this moment of like, oh, I've never had this explicit, like amazing romantic experience with another person who's gendered female. And I had these feelings of like, oh, I'm not like 
that's not the kind of queer I am. But it's like, well, no, I just haven't had that particular very like sensual French experience. Beautiful cinematic relationship. <laughs> like, you don't always just get to walk into a lesbian bar, which, first of all, would love How to long, find one of those. Yeah. Um, and then the Business most beautiful person walks up to you and is like, you're hot. Anyway, long story short, that movie is great but complicated. God, does it have an intermission? It should. <laughs> Just like go have a cold shower, <laughs> drink some water, and then come back. A lot of hydration. You need to hydrate. It's but I really enjoyed it actually. Spicy. <laughs> so spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. Um so I I also dipped back into the in time. The catalog. Into the catalog. And I rewatched Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which I haven't seen for honestly two decades. <laughs> I have never seen it. I think I watched it on TBS. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Was it an edited version? I mu- I I have to assume that it was. Mm-hmm. There's like not a lot that's um scandalous no. really. No, no. It's it's pretty tame. But I feel like TBS would be like Oh, drag queens. We got just it. whenever Hugo Weaving has a <laughs> yeah. wig on, they just cut it. They're just like, nope. <laughs> also, Hugo serves up some real iconic looks in this. There's like a flip flop dress that I have remembered <laughs> for 20 <laughs> years. That is just like, whoa. <laughs> and also, just Hugo Weaving in general's his face is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And just and when he's using that face as a drag queen, it is. So good. And they're also, I watched the trailer of it just to freshen up, and they're so young. They're like, so young. Guy Pierce so is strange. like, yeah. Guy Pierce is also so young. It's like they've all grown cheekbones since the making of that movie. It's really nuts. Yeah. And, um. <sighs> Does this film feature a cisgender man playing a trans woman? It is. Three cis men playing two gay men and one trans woman. Yeah, oh, okay. and they're going on a little road trip across the um, the uh, Australian outback. Yep. Oh boy. To get to Crikey. To get to a show, and um, they are in a, a boat, busted old bus, and they come across small towns and have adventures all the time. Um, most of them are scary, kind of violent adventures, but it's uh. There's just so much, so many great shots. There's like an also iconic shot of um, Guy Pierce sitting in a huge high heeled shoe on top of the bus and lip syncing to um, an, a little operetta as a huge bolt of fabric flows behind him. And it is the best shot. That sounds amazing. Yeah, all the looks are great. They do, um, they do an ostrich look. They. <laughs> I think I've maybe seen pictures of that, like feathers uh, on a head. Yeah, and as yeah. well, just li- like their head is like um, the bottom of the ostrich neck, like where the like Whoa. on a pez, like mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the, <laughs> and then the ostrich, the ostrich's neck and head is far above them, and it's really good. Uh, I I always remember. I don't know why I thought of this, but when I was watching the new Mad Max. It reminded me, like, those, like, swooping desert shots of yeah. them in Priscilla as it, like, because they're, at one point, they're on top with that giant, like, Yeah, and just a huge, like, it's just train this, flowing this, in the yes, wind behind. This giant, and, like, it's very... It is very Mad Max. Yeah, which is also Australian, so I wonder if there's, mm. like, a, like a, a correlation there. Maybe. The, the um, early... Location. <laughs> um, also, there's a scene where 
Guy Pierce is talking about his most treasured possessions, <laughs> and he pulls out a little vial with a teeny little turd in it, <laughs> and where he stocked Agnetha from ABBA, and okay. in the after she used the toilet and stole her turd from the toilet, it is like revolting and but so funny, and just like the three are like, it just is like this uh, huge indomitable like scrappiness and like self destructiveness, and it's just a really effective fun film great and i suggested okay nice. it was on my list i just uh didn't get to it um i went back to one i think this movie is so good i've mm. always thought it was good even before i really knew what was going on um have you guys seen but i'm a cheerleader oh i have yes yeah you've not seen this no oh they do such cool things anything. with um they do such cool things with the the colors like they dress all of the girls up in pink and they exist in these pink rooms and all the boys it's about um a girl and they her parents think she might be a lesbian and so they send her to like the camp like conversion camp yeah oh no and uh it's but a fun one <laughs> <laughs> um, no. it's super it's super funny it's super crazy rupaul plays this super like this fixed he's like a maintenance yeah show? he's like converted ma- maintenance yeah. man. Like and he has, yeah. a, he has a, a like a goatee in it but uh you the whole time you can tell he's not fixed as he's like eyeing up all these young boys and stuff anyway it's not great. young boys but Appropriate age boys. Okay. Well, I don't, they're, 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 that's a, that's like a bad 20, stereotype, Jeremy. It's a point yeah, of sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legally. Legal, legal. <laughs> it's a problem with gay representation. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm just saying what happened in the movie. I know. <laughs> it is good. And who plays the main? She is, um, um, oh, she's from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. She's in a lot. She's Nikki. She's so, she's so good. Just keep talking and we'll find it. Um, yeah, so that is also that's a fun little film I haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while. Natasha Le- Leon. Oh, oh Natasha Leon. Yep. Oh, Clea Duvall's in it yep. also. Clea, of course, plays the. And Michelle Williams. What? My hairspiration. Destiny's child, Michelle Williams. This week, everyone. So I'm a better queer than I was last week. <laughs> oh yeah, if you could see, Sonia's got a full shaved head. We talked about how much shampoo she's saving. Shampoo, all that shampoo money, right into your pocket. Mm-hmm. Nice. Correct. Pad that wallet with the <laughs> champ money. <laughs> um, another one that I w- would like to talk about because it's so fun, but I didn't actually watch this week. But it's called Pride. Have it's you heard very of it? good. So it is about um, a bunch of like a crew of gay and lesbian activists who raise money for families affected by the 1984 British minor strike. Mm-hmm. And so they take all their money to try to give to this, like, m- union, and they will not take it. So they go to a small Welsh town and try to physically, like, give it to that community. And it, there's, like, it's an alliance that started with a lot of hostility between the miners and this, like, crew. And then they grow to become really strong allies. And they work together and host a big money-making fundraiser. And then it ends with a shot of, like, hundreds of um, members of a, the miners' union showing up to a pride parade that was sparsely attended. And it's a very heartwarming. Yeah. Is, and, it, uh, is it, like, a real story? Yeah. It's a real story. Oh, cool. And it's, like, yeah, it has great 80s music. Mm-hmm. Bronski Beat is the headliner of their festival that they organize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also that. Dolores Umbridge yeah. plays, like... One of the main uh, 
Miners? Union. <laughs> She's not a miner, but she is like one of the union reps. Yeah. And she um, is admonishing someone at one point. She's like, go over there and shake the hand of a gay or a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> the Welsh accents are so good. It's so good. Yeah. Everything they say strikes a real chord. It's like the intersectional film of my heart. <laughs> it is. You love unions. I do. You love pride. You love mining. I wow. love mining. <laughs> I hate Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> oh, yeah. So many things. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. It's great, though. It is very good. Okay. Well, we're going to stew on that for a bit. Um, so... Uh, go grab yourself a cocktail and listen to a word from our sponsors. There will be more queer representation on film with Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert with Sean Dunham, Sonia Stanger, and Jeremy Laguie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. 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 We are going to dive back in on queer films, but first we're going to play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game day, people. And for those who don't know, the game is where I spend all week browsing literally dozens of IMDb pages to find a film that these two don't know, where we then, uh, well, the, I tell them the title, and then they tell me what they think it's about, and then I tell them what it's actually about. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound more exciting than it is. That's how it goes. We all win every time. Uh, this week's game is titled Crazy. Now... There, I will give you guys a little bit of a tidbit. There is a period between each one of these letters. Okay. Crazy. Oh, and it's capitalized. So it's C-R-A-Z-Y. <laughs> yes. Oh. But with a period between every single... So it's like an ac- acronym. That would be a good assumption. Mm, okay, okay. Sonia. Okay. I think, I think C-R-A-Z-Y stands for Cool Rainbow Alliance of... Zebra youth. <laughs> there we go. Zebra nice. youth. You yeah. did it. She did it. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's an animated film, kind of in the style of Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it is about a group of anthropomorphized <laughs> animals. Is this animated? Um, it is animated. I think it's, it could be, it could even be like stop motion, like Fantastic Mr. Fox is. And mm. basically, there is a young bisexual zebra <laughs> who is striving to find acceptance in her community. She, her hide is already torn. Exactly. <gasps> wow. And she already has ident- complicated identity stuff because of the whole black white thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, is she white with black stripes? Is she black with white stripes? I heard it was proven that they are white with black stripes. Because <laughs> their tail is white. Okay. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then her, a group of her friends who initially, are not as supportive as they could be help her to start the um i forget what i called it the coalition of rainbow no uh, the rhino? Cool, cool. Cool, cool rainbow alliance of <laughs> <laughs> um and it's very uplifting well wow, it sounds crazy to join the cra said why <laughs> same um jonathan okay so jonathan. yeah i also read that it was an acronym and i think that it is about um, the life of a competitive acrostic player um, <laughs> who with um, they have uh, mental health problems but and also sexuality dramas and it's just them trying to like get through the high intensity life of acrostics while also keeping everything in check 
and balanced. I would watch that. What, oh, yeah. What is, what is acrostics? Um, it's when you write like what Sonia just did. <laughs> like, like a poem where every, the first letter is like it would be Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> dance or something. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that went somewhere else that, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what's it about? Crazy is a 2005 French language Canadian coming of age drama film by Jean-Marc Vallée. Uh, it's really good. It's totally in French. They're in uh, Montreal. Um, crazy stands for uh, he has five sons, and each one, it's the letters of the name. Oh. That's a spoiler alert. You find that at the end. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, um, one of his sons is gay, and he's just <laughs> trying to figure everything out. Um, Who it is would... it? Carl? <laughs> Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> Antoine, <laughs> Zach. I'm pretty sure it's a very. Or Egret. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Zach. Oh, that's actually, is that actually yeah, Zach? Oh. Oh. There's not a lot of Zads. Um, uh, there's a really great Zaddy. <laughs> right in the beginning of the film, uh, he, Zach is born on Christmas Day, and like the other two kids are watching, and the dad like takes the baby for the first time, immediately drops him <laughs> on the floor. It is hilarious. Is that, is that what made him gay? <laughs> no, it's what made him. It comes up. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is it comes up. I'm allowed to make that joke. Anyway, <laughs> don't write letters to us. <laughs> People are born gay, probably. Um. Anyway, okay. unless it gets broken immediately after birth by uh, drowned. The film. Anyway. Was, the film was actually super. This is a fun fact. It was super cheap to make. But the budget was inflated astronomically because of the extensive soundtrack from Pink Floyd, Patsy oh. Cline, and the Rolling Stones. And I believe there's a bunch of Bowie stuff in there, too. Oh. Um, and it was, like, over half the cost of everything else just to get these this music in. Dang. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's really great. Watch more Canadian movies, which we'll talk about yeah. a bit later. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, oh. Let, oh, would you, uh, you got yeah. something? I yeah, got yeah. something. Oh, I yeah. got something. Deep, 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 deep. <laughs> Breaking coming news. across the wire. This Breaking has news. never happened, and we are incredibly excited. We were but a little we, confused, but we figured it out. We received a message from a listener. So first of all, Amy, thank you for writing in. Amy, thank you for your service. Thank you so much. We for had no idea. We had any we listeners. Don't know listens. We were really shocked when you weren't my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, is your mom? <laughs> is it, sorry, is it your mom or is it my mom? That's messaging us. Amy Anyone? says, what about Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman? Or would that be more of a Polly mo- movie than by? So Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman is a movie that came out last year and is, uh, as far as I understand it, about um, the psychologist who created Wonder Woman, uh, Professor William Moulton Marston, who actually, Ooh, I read a very engine. interesting <laughs> book about him once. Oh. Um, and from my quick skimming, it sounds like the movie is about a three-way relationship between him and two women. And so, having not seen the film or read more than one thing about it, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, Amy, I would qualify this as a bi film. It sounds very fun. We'll take what we can get. I also have not seen it. I have watched the trailer. It looks very good. Thank you for pointing that out, Amy. Yes. And he did have some very interesting ideas about mm-hmm. sexuality and polyamory and he was a very interesting human being the, the movie flawed. looks really good yeah and i it, would like it, to watch it It goes into all of the things you think it would yeah or at least it appears to because as we know wonder woman that came out what was that two years ago the movie what yeah. already yeah or where's the time year? going i think it was last year mm-hmm. there's no way all of those amazons are on that island together looking that good and nothing's happening well how is there that's all no. I'm saying. I saw that movie and I was like, "It's we're not saying anything. We're acting like nothing queer is happening, but it's going to be queer as heck on that 
great, great island. Um, there you go. How do... You know what? Never mind. Are you about to ask how no. women... <laughs> how do... <laughs> no, I was we'll not going to ask that. Well, Sean, this signals the stork. <laughs> <laughs> how does the stork access if you can't get into that place? <laughs> There's a force field, right? Uh, anyway... So I let's talk about films that seemingly have nothing to do with queerness, mm-hmm. but queer people love. Um, first off is Wizard of Oz. Amazing. I like the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is great. Yeah. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard of Oz is panned by critics everywhere. Yeah. As terrible. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so um, Wizard of Oz is a small town gal. Moving mm-hmm. to a new place, mm-hmm. meeting exciting people, colorful new places. Yeah, literally color comes into her life. Yeah, I think... Also, I heard something very interesting on Unspooled. Uh, it's mm. a podcast I listen to where they are watching a hundred of the AFI's greatest films. Oh, I've heard about this. And kind of like chatting about it. And there's the scene when, she, when color comes into the shot. Mm-hmm. They filmed the first part in black and white, but then... They painted her back black and white, so and then filmed in color. So then, when she walked into the screen, she was still black and white. Oh, there were, there were actually there, like, were, there were two that it had two people to make it work. Oh, yeah, they still did. They still did it, but it was it was. There's a lot more going on there. So much happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how old timey things really have to be ingenious, <laughs> <laughs> and also that old-timey like. Thing. Also, that it's crazy that so many people saw maybe color for the first time on screen yeah. in that film, whereas I probably saw color or probably saw black and white for the first time Same. on screen with that film as well, which is shocking. mind blowing. Mind blowing. Um, anyway, uh, Wizard of Oz might be a cult queer classic mm-hmm. because of Judy, probably. Yeah, Judy definitely is a factor. She is a factor. She, yeah, she's an icon. Queer people love a diva that is always, always falling, yeah. but always getting up. Yeah. Um, and a diva also, with troubles. She's a diva <laughs> with troubles. And she, but also, have you guys heard that urban legend about that because Stonewall happened the day of her funeral? And the tensions were very high in the community at that point. Yeah, time. because they were mourning because the they were mourning the loss of Judy. Yeah. That they that's why they were like ready to uh, decided to fight back so readily mm-hmm. that night. I don't I know if that's true that. or not, but because <laughs> I feel like maybe I don't know. Who knows if that's true? It could be everyone <laughs> just sort of um, you know write, rewriting history after the fact. Yeah. But it's a fun it's story anyway. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what, <laughs> what else? Okay. What, other, what other films are on that list? Okay, so then also I had watched All About Eve oh, uh, yeah. yesterday, which is always on like every, like, you're not a good uh, queer unless you have seen this. Mm. And so, and I had never. And it was, it is really good. The script, it's from the 50s. It has Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. Um and and those eyes. Oh, she's got those downturned eyes. She's so sad. Um, and she, uh, she's an aging um, actress. Mm-hmm. Someone younger and prettier and hungrier is coming up behind her. Um, and she, it basically, 
revived Betty Davis's career. She was like, because she was in her 40s, probably. Basically dead. And basically dead in Hollywood. Um, And the script is really amazing. And she can throw a, like a, she can throw a sass all around. There's so much wit in it. I would love to be told off by Betty Davis. Oh, it's great. I haven't personally had the pleasure, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have. It's great to watch. Um, And it also is about, there's um, Eve is this like Mm. a young girl who escapes like the confines of her hometown to find love, money, fame, acceptance. Um, Tale is is old and queer as time. (laughs) Um, And um, Margot is uh, Betty Davis and she's just like a loud, brassy, ballsy, B-I-T-C-H. I thought he was going to say I it. was going for I almost did. And she's youth obsessed. She loves martinis. She's just a really good, uh, a really great diva to emulate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I suggest you guys watch it because... I've seen it and I love it. You have? For once. <laughs> always that tone of surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. I grew up on, on Turner Classic Movies because of my mom. So... Oh. Good work. Yeah, Don's Don. doing the good work. Don, uh, I'm Don a TBS boy. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a TBS and a TCM, and I'm more TMI. of a I'm more of a CBC. <laughs> You're a TMI. And I'm a TMI. Uh, what, else? what else is on your list of films that aren't queer, but we? Um, I didn't do much more than that. Yeah, I can't think of a good example. I want to add to this, but I know there's probably a lot of old timey ones because. You know, you can just quote code something like as queer in all those in all those classic movies. Yeah. TCM's mm-hmm. probably full of them. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> I don't I just can't I can't think of any that but again, I don't feel like I'm super plugged into queer knowledge and cinema. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I don't know. Yeah. I, I would I would presume the, the John Waters sort of yeah, that's a good oh, yeah. uh, catalog may f- fill this void a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, totally. It, it doesn't Something it doesn't like really Cry answer Baby. the question, but yeah, I think I think that's probably. Like Crybaby is on that list, maybe. Yeah, you're right. There are like in Hairspray are all sort of like, not they're not queer in content, right? Mm-hmm. But everything about it is so coded. Yeah, it's so camp. It's a lot about otherness. Yeah. And like, and like finding and finding like mm-hmm. a family of like mm-hmm. weirdos. Yeah, like a found family. Yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah that's. Uh, what was? Well, this is, I don't know. This is pretty overt. But what was uh, a dirty shame? Is that what it was called? Mm. That was John Waters, right? Um. You guys have not seen this? Yeah, I don't think no, I have. Really? But I can't. I, but oh I know God, what you're talking you about. Okay. What's well, about? <laughs> uh, it's about uh, love. <gasps> yeah. A dirty shameful love. I answered that super elegantly. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville. Uh. It's pretty crazy. Oh, wait. It's, it's very funny, yeah. Oh, my God. Is, does Selma Hayek... Or, wait. <laughs> Someone wears, like, a a large butt? Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. like, am I having a fever dream? No, I don't... I don't think it's that. I, like, can... Oh, that might be something else. Anyway, I can. I love see when someone. we're so informed. <laughs> let's let's we just, talk about something we know like, about. You know? Is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I sw- I have like an image of an actress wearing a huge prosthetic butt. <laughs> and I, I think it's that. What about John Hughes movies? Do Maybe. people like those? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what do queer people like? I don't think like? they do because he's he has some ranked things in there. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some bad. He does I mean, not feel he bad just... about throwing around the f word. No. no. That's 
I'm glad we've moved past that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a sort of adjacent point, which is that most Disney villains are coded as queer. Oh, uh-huh. So it's like, that's where we get to be in Disney movies. So that's, that's kind of like the opposite of what you're talking about, though. Would you give us an example? I will give you many examples. Oh, so my God. You've got your... You're kind of like dandies like Jafar and Scar, Scar. Oh, yeah. who are like flamboyant and elegant. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons does not like, play. There, like there are okay, and just to be clear, um, th- none of this is like my original idea. There's a really great podcast called Nancy, and they recently had an episode where they talked about this. So, hmm. in case someone's listened to that recently and is like, "Hang on a second, these are the exact same points I just heard on this other podcast." That's why great minds think alike, people. Um, From our podcast have, to yours, you have um, in Hercules. Um, What's oh. his name? Hades Hades. is like mm-hmm. he's like the sassy, the sassy. Also has one. blue hair. Has flaming just like hair. Blue is the warmest color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and he's very flaming. Like, oh my and, God. They're, and they're often very like sexless, sort of like they're they can be quite sterilized. I think it's like a sterilized version of like a gay person. And then Ursula, obviously, we've oh, talked to her yeah, about no, how that's... she's a queer icon who's literally based on divine. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Um, so yeah, I think like I think one of the things that people have said is like it has to do with the ways we code otherness and mm-hmm. so it's just like that shorthand immediately evokes some of these mm-hmm. um like stereotypes and stuff. Hmm. But I feel like it's interesting to think yeah. about. I'm just thinking now of other Disney villains yeah. but making them queer after the fact like <laughs> like the guy from Mulan. Like all these just like <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> really unqueer villains. The Huns. The Huns. The Huns. Come on. Like, oh, Huns. <laughs> <laughs> but what about, like, um, Yzma? I would oh, say yeah, actually. Oh, she's yeah. She's got some drag queen vibes. And um, also from um, The Rescuers. You know mm-hmm. that, like, bony, like, jewel-obsessed yes like villain <laughs> I forget what her name is or even like an evil stepmother like witch queen what's oh, her name oh yeah yeah <laughs> that Angelina Jolie movie Maleficent Maleficent she's complicated she's very complicated anyway she's got cheekbones for days mm-hmm. my eyes are open here guys god where uh, people were everywhere it's just often a secret <laughs> um oh. Should we get into what you watch? I I would like to, I would like to get on my soapbox for one moment. Oh sure. Okay. And that is I'm going to do this as many times as I can make it work, and that is to bring up Canadian people who nobody knows anything about, oh, yeah. and oh, that yeah. everyone should watch. Uh, the two I will mention this evening are both gay, so it fits. So I did that. Fair. Uh, Congrats. Number one, Mike Holbloom, hilarious stuff. Really good uh, queer content, I would say as well. Something I can't mention on the radio. Um, I looked into it. I can't talk about it. Oh. Anyway, um, very good, interesting, experimental work. Uh, my favorite by Mike is called White Museum, and it is a 32-minute uh, complaint letter about how films are too expensive to make. 16-millimeter film, it's just white leader, because he couldn't afford to put an image on the white leader. So it's just like light for 32 minutes. And at the very end, he has a... Uh, a very beautiful image of a, I think it's like a waste disposal site or a water treatment plant in Winnipeg. 
So uh, hilarious. Absolutely great stuff. Mm-hmm. Look it up, people. Look it up. All right. Okay. And then who's the other one? Number, number one, this guy is my favorite movie man of all time. Uh, his name is Norman McLaren. Amazing work. Amazing work. He used to draw sound. There's no other way I can put that um, onto optical soundtracks. Do you you know have to look into this. I actually uh, have a subscription to OutTV, and he mm-hmm. has a bunch of short films on there. So good. So many good things. Very experimental. Very animated. Just him, like, hunched over painting film. Uh, it's a, sort of this very romantic. I watched a great one called, like, Fences, maybe? Neighbors. Neighbors. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. That's probably his best. Good to know. Um, animator, Canadian, NFB. All that jazz. Yeah. Everybody should check it out. It's all, all free. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> he was so into that. Chicago. Well, just, I guess, all musical theater. <laughs> it falls under that category. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but both of us. Anyway. Um, all right. Are we going to talk about what we're watching? Yeah. What, what are watching? we watching? Sonny, you want to go first? Because yeah. Jeremy and I have a similar mm-hmm. what you're watching. Jeremy's not going to like it. It's a series. Oh, come on. It's a docu-series, though, which I feel like is this gray area because it's like, ooh, it's kind of a movie. I have... I won't mute your I have long stuck to the fact that we can... I think that we should bring up any piece of pop culture because a week is so short. Yeah. It's true. And so instead of watching many of the queer films that were on my list, (laughs) I could not stop watching The Staircase. Oh, that does look really good. um, Which has queer content, but I won't say what it is because... I don't want no spoilers for Mm -hmm. the real life thing that it's about. Basically, uh, for all you true crime junkies out there, it is um, one of these cases that like has continued to stump people. Um, It's uh, it's true crime. It's courtroom. It's fascinating. It's like a very depressing look at the American justice system. Um, Yeah, it's great. I can't stop watching it. It's made by the same people who made The Keepers and Making a Murderer. Yeah. Which both are just incredible stories told Mm -hmm. in an incredible way. How do Mm -hmm. these people got their... their, are plugged into all these murders? I think uh, after the first one, you start seeking them out. Yeah. You know, you really start... And then people, I think, come to you because Mm -hmm. they're like, help me solve this thing. Oh. Anyway, it's great. Would recommend. Um, So last night I went to see Ocean's 8... Um, FYI, I also saw that Book Club is sold out again. No. <laughs> when I went, I, I don't know. I'll never understand how it's getting that much. How? Um, Just a single man trying to get into Book Club. Can't do it. I can't. What time do you go to the theater, man? I have been at two. I have been at like five. <laughs> this one, I was at eight every what? time. Why don't you get the app? And pre- I don't actually like this. I wasn't there to actually see it this time. Oh, but I it just, just was sold I, out. My wandering eye looked and I was like, oh my God, it's sold out again. Amazing. Yeah, when I went to book club, I went at like 10 p.m. So that honestly might be the answer. That might be the answer. When all mm. the middle-aged ladies are in bed. Um, also, as an aside, I saw a trailer for A Star is Born Again. And I, it's like my favorite. Did you scream? I do because there's a... There's a part where Bradley Cooper's like, hey, and she whips around with this whips, this huge, like, brown wig around. And she's like, what? And I laugh at every time. And also that they're building up to hear her voice. Yeah. And then when they finally do, she's like, ah. Like, it's like this insane Lady Gaga, like, vocalization. Also, like. Country music has never had that much musical theater in it. Why is she like so much? Ah. <laughs> but also the part where she's like, 
people don't like the way I look. And it's like, okay, Lady Gaga, get over it. You're beautiful. She also rolled over to the most, like, the teensiest, tiny, etchiest eyebrows on in that scene. (laughs) So (laughs) maybe that was it. It's the brows. Um, Anyway, so then I went to see Ocean's 8, uh, which was very fun. Sandra Bullock still looks like a million bucks. Um, that's the real con is how good she's looking. She's like 55. Um, basically dead. Basically dead. She's, she's having the new Betty Davis. Um, anyway, I, as I was mentioning earlier, the getting the gang back together part of it was a little slow and not as like fun as I would like it to have been. But the heist was very fun. There's the usual, like, how did they how could they have foreseen this part of the heist coming together which always a little bit drives me crazy but friend of the show Claire said I was being very annoying while talking about that um, also I like how it's like they said that like apparently there's this whole thing about how they're they use a group of women because women are invisible but they're like going to the Met Gala so if it was dudes in suits you'd, they'd be way they would more be the invisible ones that you would not see at all exactly <laughs> anyway. Um, That's an interesting note. (laughs) And they are just, it's full of treasured actresses. Um, Helena Bonham Carter nails it. Um, Anne Hathaway, as also I said before, is like, I think this is right after she had her baby. And she is just all lips and boobs and is so uh, just sumptuous and Mm. is great to look at the whole show. Um, I also saw Ocean's 8. And uh, I did like it. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. I felt the loss of Steven Soderbergh on this. Mm. And it felt like there were times where they were just trying to imitate something that had been done in another Oceans movie. Which brings me to my point of, I don't know that this needed to be an Oceans movie. Hmm. It worked. It kind of didn't work. They they did okay. They did better than I thought they were going to do. I don't understand why they needed to make it a sequel to think it would be successful mm. because it it was a good movie. Like I it could have been called Heist Movie and it would have been maybe Lady, even Heist. Little, Heist. <laughs> Lady Heist. Actually, no, a bet, a better title would have been The First Day in May. Or First Monday in May. First Monday in May. That would have been a better title. Or Cameo the Movie because <laughs> yeah, that's literally like, cow. Hi, it's Kim Kardashian on the red carpet. I heard there weren't that many famous people in it. There no, quite a few. They're sitting at a table with like Katie Holmes. Yes. Like people that are not busy. <laughs> Dakota Fanning is in this movie. Dakota Fanning What's pops she even up. doing? Wait, is Popping it Dakota up? or is it the... I think it's Dakota. Oh. She the little one. Mm-hmm. L seems more busy, so I don't think they could L does seem busy. Yeah. Sorry, Dakota. The ladder fanning. <laughs> oh, the ladder fanning. Well, um... Yeah. Um, I also watched another movie that I can bring up. Uh, it was Hail Caesar, which oh, is Oh, I like it. Um, it was okay... It wasn't. It didn't live up to it. It didn't live up to the to the others. Like burn after reading. I feel like there are so many times when there's a movie and I'm like, it was fun. And Jeremy's like, it was fine. Here yeah, are my critical reasons. And I'm like, but six out it's of ten. Fun. <laughs> um, Channing Tatum's dance scene is yeah, very everything. Fun. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want a sailor suit. 
You oh don't my god, have a we would look suit? so cute in sailor suits. Oh my gosh, little you're already wearing hands. a little Peter Pan collar. And sailboats <laughs> on my shirt. <laughs> We're very uh, watery. Nautical. I literally Nautical. have not <laughs> been on a boat in years. <laughs> That's the word, probably. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Sean, okay. take us home. Let's wrap, take us okay. home. Let's wrap us up. Thanks, everyone. We're going to take a minute to wish everyone a beautiful, safe, and happy Pride Week. And make sure to tell all your one loved ones that they matter to you so much. Also, you could join the CJTR float in the Pride Parade on noon, at noon, <laughs> on, on Saturday. Noon. And you may see some familiar faces like these ones, even though you might have never seen our faces because it's radio. You'll, you'll hear our voices. Yeah. Unless we're too shy. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their great song, Manatuna, for our theme song. Thanks to my amazing co-hosts and everyone at CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR website. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us all a follow, like Amy did. Have a good night. Bye. Don't forget Pride's political. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Woo!